Houston. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Tuesday, November the 29th, 2022. In the holy season of Advent, praise be to God. Here's a question. Just how green are electric cars? I mean, we're going to go green, right? I mean, the car industry has to produce all EVs in some state, like California, for instance. It's a big push. We're going to ask this question of Mark Mills from the Manhattan Institute. He's going to be busting some of those electric utopian myths coming up at 35 past the hour. Do join us if you can. Hey, guess what? Last uh, Wednesday, as you were getting ready for Turkey Day, oh yeah, good times. Well, while you were doing that, the Fed launched its CBDC. You might remember we talked to Eric Sammons about that story, a digital currency, which they can control with the click of a mouse uh, button, you know, super easy, controlling all of currency in your bank account. Well, at the same time, the Labor Department announced that it's embracing ESG, environmental, social, and governance scores. What could go wrong with these two things in place? I don't know, social credit system? Brent Haynes is going to join us at 15 past the hour to talk about that, plus the fact that the Republicans in the Senate are selling us down the river on the marriage issue. So there is that. share is coming up today, starting today all across the Guadalupe Radio Network, which reminds me to remind you, please be generous to your local Catholic radio station. I cannot tell you how much it matters to us that you support us with your hard-earned cash in our apostolate to keep the doors open, the lights on, and Catholic radio waves flowing in your neck of the woods. So be generous to your local Catholic radio station. It means so much. So much in the news to talk about today. The earliest demographics, according to a recent CDC uh, study, show that those uh, vaccines did not fare so well with healthcare workers and, and others who were the first wave to receive them. Lots of medical complications, according to this CDC, CDC study. The largest volcano on the planet is erupting in Hawaii right now in their national park, causing an ashfall advisory on the Big Island. I kind of miss living in the Hawaiian Islands, and uh, the beautiful ash in the sky for sunset is always incredible. But let's pray no one gets hurt and there's no damage. (laughs) Musk says Apple stopped advertising on Twitter and is threatening to remove them from their from their app store. Eh, we saw that coming. And Pope Francis, in a recent interview with the American magazine, has defended the approach of dialogue with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, saying, quote, with China, I have opted for the way of dialogue, close quote. He said, it's slow. It has its failures. It has its successes. But I cannot find another way, close quote, says His Holiness Pope Francis. Let's pray for those souls that were lost in the buildings that uh, burned down because they were locked in by their government and for the Catholics who are continuing to be persecuted in that country. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Let's see if we can do this here. Uh, Filling in for Adrian today. I am. I'm filling in for Adrian. Uh, Please pray for him. He's uh, sick. He's ill. He's very ill. So uh, please pray for him and uh, that he offers up his suffering uh, for for our our needs here at the GRN. Because as uh, Joe mentioned, Mm -hmm. it is... uh, it's uh, Sherathon week, so please yeah, consider consider calling in your pledge today. If you like what we do, you like Catholic Drive Time, you like our other programming on the GRN, please call in and consider 
uh, with a uh, consider Easy uh, for you to say <laughs> uh, putting in a pledge today. Thank you so much. Yeah, our second hour is typically back to back. We do a two hour program. Uh, if you're on the station of the cross, you li- you listen to the first hour, and thank you for doing that. By the way. Uh, but our second hour will be postponed. It'll be pushed back to 9 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern. So you can always hang out with us on our website at grnonline.com. But nonetheless, we are grateful to everyone who supports their local Catholic radio station. It is uh, it's such an incredible thing to know that there are listeners who put their money where their heart is in wanting to share the good, the true, and the beautiful through the powerful medium of Catholic radio. So again, thank you for that. All right, we're going to jump into it. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, covering these stories for you. We're going to pray first and pray for your intentions, dear listener, whatever they may be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, November 29th, and here are your headlines this morning. Breitbart reports, UK government prosecutors argue parts of the Bible no longer appropriate in modern society. Lawyers for the Crown Prosecution Service, otherwise known as CPS of England, and Wales tried to have a Christian street preacher convicted for quoting the Bible to a lesbian couple, insisting that scripture is no longer appropriate in modern society. Whether a statement of Christian belief or not, the court is being asked to consider whether the language was has the potential to cause harassment, alarm, or distress, as CPS wrote to the courts when pursuing the case. The Epic Times reports looming rail strike prompts 400-plus trade groups to urge Congress to intervene and stall talks. A rail stoppage would immediately lead to the supply shortages and higher prices, wrote the groups, which include the National Association of Manufacturers, National Retail Federation, American Petroleum Institute, American Trucking Associations, and American Farm Bureau Federation. Workers in four rail unions rejected a tentative contract deal announced in September, while eight have voted to approve it. Unless a new deal is reached, rail union members starting on December 9th will be allowed to go on strike while rail carriers can lock out other workers. A strike by any of the four unions that have rejected the proposed deals with carriers would mean that the other eight would have backed the deal would join the striking workers on picket lines. And Ground News reports U.S. oil taps its lowest price of the year thanks to China as OPEC Plus output decision looms. Oil prices fell to their lowest level this year on Monday, as street protests against strict COVID-19 curbs in China, the world's biggest crude importer, stoked concern over the outlook for fuel demand. Ground News also reports, missing Fort Worth woman says she's reunited with her family 51 years later. Melissa Highsmith, who was abducted in Texas 51 years ago at 22 months of age, has been reunited with her relatives. Highsmith's family, which had been searching for Melissa for years, opened the results of a 23andMe test on November 22nd and got a match with Melissa's children just in time for the holidays. And those were your breaking news this morning. God love you. Now, the saint of the day. The saint of the day is Saint Saturnius, Bishop of Toulouse and Martyr. Saint Saturnius went from Rome by direction of Pope Fabian, 
about the year 245 to preach the faith in Gaul were St. Trophimus, the first bishop of Arles, had for some time gathered a plentiful harvest. Fortunatus tells us that he converted a great number of idolaters by his preaching and his miracles. This is all the account we have of him till the time of his holy martyrdom. The author of his Acts, who wrote about 50 years after his death, relates how he assembled a flock in a small church and uh, that that the way of the capital, which was the chief temple in the city, lay in the way between the church and the saint's habitation. In this temple, oracles were given, but devils were struck dumb by the presence of the saint as he passed that way. The priests spied him one day going by and seized and dragged him into the temple, declaring that he should either appease the offended deities by offering sacrifice to them or expiate the crime with his blood. Saturnius boldly replied, I adore only God, and to him I am ready to offer a sacrifice of praise. Your gods are devils, and they are more delighted with the sacrifice of your souls than those of your bullocks. How can I fear them, who, as you acknowledge, tremble before a Christian? The infidels incensed by this reply accuse the saint, abuse the saint rather, with all the rage that mad zeal could inspire, and after a great variety of indignities, tied his feet to a wild bull, which was then brought thither to be sacrificed. The beast, being driven from the temple, ran violently down the hill so that the martyr's skull was broken and his brains were dashed out. His happy soul was released from the body by death and fled to the kingdom of peace and glory. Two devout women laid the sacred remains on a bier and hid them in a deep ditch to secure them from any further insult. They laid in a wooden coffin until the reign of Constantine the Great. Then Hilary, Bishop of Toulouse, built a small chapel over his holy predecessor's body. Sylvanus, bishop of the city towards the close of the 4th century, began to build a magnificent church in honor of the martyr, which was finished and consecrated by his successor, Exuperius, who, with great pomp and piety, translated the venerable relics into it. This precious treasure remains there to this day with due honor. The martyrdom of this saint probably happened during the reign of Valerian in 257. St. Saturnius, bishop of Toulouse and martyr, pray. For us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 10, verses 21 through 24. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, for such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Turning to the disciples in private, he said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I say to you, many prophets and kings desire to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadock's commentary said, quoting on the, uh, he rejoiced in the Holy Ghost or the, the Holy Spirit. He says, uh, in almost all Greek copies, we read in spirit without holy. And it is expounded of Christ's own spirit. So that's interesting. So in almost all the Greek copies, it's not Holy Spirit, it's just Spirit. He rejoices in the Spirit. I find that very fascinating. St. Cyril of Alexandria says, He saw in truth 
that through the operation of the Holy Spirit, which he gave to the apostles, the acquisition of many would be made, or that many would be brought to the faith. He is said, therefore, to have rejoiced in the Holy Spirit, that is, in the results which came forth through the Holy Spirit. For as one who loved mankind, he considered the conversion of sinners to be the subject for rejoicing, for which he gives thanks. Close quote, St. Cyril of Alexandria. The Ignatius Catholic Commentary today points out that Jesus is the divine Son of God, and so the heir of his Father's authority and estate. The Father, Son, and Spirit are equal in being, and no one of them possesses more of the divine life and knowledge than the other. Since the Son is no less perfect than the Father, he is uniquely qualified to reveal the inner life of the Trinity to the world. Close quote, St. Ignatius of, uh, uh, this is the uh, Catholic commentary of St. Ignatius. Venerable Bede points out that Matthew more clearly calls them prophets and righteous men, for those are great kings who have known how, not by yielding to escape from the assaults of temptations, but by mastering to gain the rule over them. Close quote, Venerable Bede. What is the point there? He's speaking to his apostles privately, as the gospel points out, knowing what they will face, temptation, death itself, and they would all have to become martyrs. They would all have to, even John the Apostle, was. they tried to martyr him anyway. <laughs> they tried to boil him. It didn't work out, but they tried anyway. So all of them would have to face death itself. The temptations would be high to avoid that, to save their skin. Uh, but they must stand their ground firm. St. Cyril of Alexandria would go on to say, He turns to them indeed, since he rejected the Jews, who were deaf with their understandings blinded, and not wishing to see, and gives himself wholly to those who love him. And he pronounces those eyes blessed, which see the things no others had seen before. We must, however, know this, that seeing does not signify the action of the eyes, but the pleasure which the mind receives from benefits conferred. For many Jews have seen Christ performing divine works, that is to say, with their bodily sight, yet all were not fitted to receive the blessing, for they were, for they believed not. But these saw not, uh, but these saw not his glory with their mental sight. Blessed then are our eyes, since we see by faith the word who is made man for us, shedding upon us the glory of his Godhead, that he may make us like unto him by sanctification and righteousness. Close quote, St. Cyril of Alexandria. So blessed are those that can see. Remember yesterday's gospel? The uh, centurion, the Gentile, who believed without having to see the actual miracles? There's something to that, isn't there? Let us believe. Let us have faith. Let us rejoice in what we have seen. We'll be right back. Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. 
So an atheist can follow the natural moral law, but only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. You're crazy! Deep within, we struggle. Come on, babe. It'll be fun. Because sin separates us from God. She's in a relationship, George. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Mark Mills, Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute, is going to be our guest. We're going to be talking about the... Some say utopian, some say dystopian, new green world that we're expected to live in, and not too far down the road, actually. I mean, California's expected to go green by, was it 2030 or something like that? Like, pretty quickly. Um, What does that all mean? How green are electric cars, for instance? How renewable is that energy? What's the carbon emissions of all of that? Did you know that there were carbon emissions? Mark Mills is going to join us for that conversation at 35 past the hour. Do join us if you can. But there are uh, some interesting stories in the news today. Brent Haynes, our good friend, attorney, Catholic speaker, and uh, pro-life warrior, joins us by phone. Good morning to you, Brent Haynes. Hey, good morning. Praise be to God. Let's, uh, you know, a very interesting story came out on Wednesday. I'm not sure if you caught it because... Everybody was focused on Thanksgiving Wednesday last week, but the Fed uh, launched their CBDC, their digital currency, which is very interesting. We had a conversation last week with Eric Sammons about the digital currency, the implications of what that means. So CBDC gets launched on Wednesday, which allows the Fed to have absolute control over the currency. They can turn you on. They can turn you off, just like what's happening right now in China, for instance. But other Western countries have also adopted them. Uh, Canada is on board for it. Australia has been experimenting in other places. So you got the CBDC thing going for us now through, through the Fed. They're, they're, they're testing the waters with it. And then the Labor Department decides to change rules and uh, going full ESG, something we've talked about on this show before. Uh, Brent, what's the story here with the Labor Department? Well, the ESG movement... You know, listeners will remember that's environmental, social, and governance, and that's an investment philosophy or uh, belief system that says that businesses are not just supposed to go out and make a profit, provide goods or services that consumers freely want, but that uh, businesses should also be taking into account or should be judged according to whether they take into account the effect of their business activities on the environment, which means climate change, global warming, and all of that. Um, social policies, which means social justice, essentially, and in, in, as it's been defined in recent years, and governance is corporate governance. You know, do they, who is on their board of directors? You know, do they have enough uh, diversity on their board of directors, for example? Now, people out there might think that this doesn't matter very much, but this is important because most people want to retire someday, right, Joe? <laughs> I would and not know. Re- I would have no well, idea what's that like a Latin word. What does this retirement thing mean? 
Yeah, I, I, and I had a conversation like that last last night with with another man from my uh, another man who's our age from work about about whether or not we really retire these days. But most people would like to retire, and the reality is, at a certain point, most people have to retire, uh, you know, because of age and health. Well, to do that, you need savings and investment, right? Well, for savings and investment, you want to put your money into an investment that will get a good rate of return. You need to beat inflation, which is quite a challenge these days so that you'll have enough money to live on in the future. Well, there are a lot of regulations out there that are designed to protect investors and you know, limits on, say, especially, especially with retirement money, uh, that they limit where money can go, um, how much can be invested, how that money can, can be managed when it's invested. But the fundamental principle is that an investment manager, a head fund manager, uh, you know, different people in the investment world, they have to put their investor's interest ahead of their own interest. Their number one goal is to seek a good return for the investor. And what the ESG rule developed by the Department of Labor does is it takes away that principle. It now gives fund managers the ability, because this will be a, this is a rule stated by the Department of Labor, to take into account ESG policies. So you might have money, one of our listeners might have money in a retirement fund. That retirement fund goes and places its money with different hedge funds and investment fund managers on Wall Street and places like that. It used to be that, the, that they would say to those, those investment fund managers, you know, you need to give us the best rate of return. Now somebody, somebody who gets that money could put the money into an ESG-approved investment and say it gets a 3% return, whereas the rest of the market is getting a 4% or 5% or 7% return. It used to be that, that that lower investment decision would be wrong because these people would be violating their fiduciary responsibility to put the investor first. Under the Department of Labor rule, they now have legal protection for getting a lower return on your money. That's the first principle, Joe. It's going to hurt people financially. The second point is this essentially deputizes all of the woke Wall Street investment crowd, all of the woke people in the financial world who are already using ESG ratings and ESG policies. It essentially deputizes them to go out mm -hmm. under cover of this government policy to further in, uh, pro, you know, propose and advance these policies in society, all without direct elections, all without you know, having meetings, say, at your public school board meeting, all without the public policy debate that would normally go on. You and I, as we go about our days, we're concerned about doing our jobs. Our listeners, as they go about their days, are concerned about going to their jobs, taking care of their families. Uh, going to mass on the weekend. You know, we're thinking about all of these other things that we take care of in day-to-day -day life. Who out there is thinking, how can I go out and change society by where, you know, investment money gets put? Well, Joe, there are a lot of people out there doing that. And those, those, that mo the movement of that money has a tremendous effect that people don't realize. So what seems like a small bureaucratic change will have an immense impact not just on the financial world and financial returns, but also in the society we live in. You know, this ESG thing has uh, impacted all of society, but we've seen it first, I think, in the oil and gas business. The oil and gas companies 
would have to get lines of credit from financial institutions to go and explore or drill. So they would apply, and in past times, they would get their their line of credit, and they would go and explore, pump oil, and it's it's always worked out. Well, now those financial institutions have asked, hey, let me see your ESG score here. Oh, I see that uh, you're not... Uh, you're not really as invested in the environment as we would like you to be, so I'm not sure we can give you that loan. So that's how we first started. We reported on that uh, even last year, uh, and we're going to be continuing that conversation, in fact, with Mark Mills coming up at 35 past the hour. However, it's now got down to the user level. So you want to get a mortgage? Okay, well, maybe that financial institution is going to be checking your ESG score. How is your 401k diversified? Is it in the environment as we would like it to be or other social justice issues or uh, maybe not? And therefore, maybe we can't give you that mortgage loan after all. I mean, this is a real concern for people. Uh, it, it should be a real concern. I mean, these are these are real policies, real actions that have real effects on Americans out there. And some people think, you know, some of my friends think, oh, you know, that's just politics. I can go live my life, maybe vote in the elections, but I can go live my life in the interim, and I don't have to worry about those things. Those things. But they do, they do need to consider this. You know, unfortunately, you know, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. I mean, we've heard that before, right, Joe? Yeah. And what you said, uh, what you just said uh, is exactly right. Uh, Merrill, Lynch, you know, Merrill Lynch, one of the uh, you know, largest uh, stock brokerages and investment firms in the world, uh, now has an ESG score that doesn't uh, – well, they have an ESG score that applies to the portfolios of people who invest with them. So they claim that this is a service that they provide because their investors want to know, well, are my investments going to you know, ethically uh, um, acceptable companies? But, of course, that can be turned around and used against them or against you and me, as you just pointed out. And that's just one example. Uh, you combine that with what you mentioned earlier, creating the digital currency, um, that that gives you know lays the groundwork in the future for yeah. government or other institutional controls. Um, we're, we're just one more step closer to a social credit score. Yeah, it is a reality. I think we're we're facing right now. Uh, I think we shouldn't also forget that what the G20 was what last week. Didn't the Biden administration embrace the Agenda 2030 UN Sustainable Development Goals? All of that plays a role in ESG and social credit systems, CBDCs. All of that is a part of the mechanism of how they would bring about those uh, sustainable development goals as stipulated by the UN Agenda 2030. So it's a it's a concerning story for for freedom, for liberty and for doing things that are right, good and true in society, which as Catholics, we must we must stand up for what is right, good, and true, in spite of what our neighbors might think about them. Uh, let me. We have just a few minutes left with Brent Haynes. Can I switch subjects here? I want to talk about uh, this this marriage bill in the Senate that uh, Republicans have voted for, trying to embrace uh, homosexuality, uh, same-sex marriage, as law of the land. Uh, I think it was Senator Mike Lee out of Utah who has proposed to make uh, a religious liberty clause in this bill, and I think he's gaining steam for that. But nonetheless, it still bug, bugs me to no end that so-called conservatives aren't conserving marriage between a man and a woman. Any insight on this story, Ben Haynes? Well, 
I always tell you know my friends that when it comes to the political fight, you know, for various reasons, um, conservatives fight with one hand tied behind our backs. You know, we, we try to take the high road. You know, we try to engage in say policy debates, not character assassination. Um, the 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 other thing is a lot of times uh, conservatives, even well-meaning conservatives, want to go out there. And they want to engage in what you're supposed to often do in politics, which is compromise and try to find common ground with the other side. Um, the other side the, 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 who we're opposing, it seems like they're always able to march in lockstep hmm. and to get their policies through. Remember, Obamacare was passed. And remember, you know, it was shoved through on a party line vote. And we were told at the time by the Speaker of the House, we have to pass the bill to know what's in the bill. Well, now we have several Republicans who have so far, they have not voted for the act. What they have voted is to, what they voted to do is to allow debate on the act, and that's, that's critical. And then they vote to, to close debate on it or close debate on amendments for the act. And once they, uh, they have to finish, they have to vote on discussing it, basically, debating it. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to vote to pass it, but that is usually an indication of how a senator will vote. Now, a senator could just say, look, I think we should, dis- we should debate this. This is supposed to be the world's greatest deliberative body. Uh, let's debate this. I think that's only fair and reasonable for us to debate this, and it's what we should do on the big issues in society. Uh, but I'm not going to vote for this bill once we're done with the debate. Usually, though, a vote to allow the debate to proceed, a vote to stop debate and to have a vote on the bill – uh, which is called cloture, and this is where the filibuster comes in. Usually when senators vote for that, that's an indication that they're going to vote for the underlying bill. And that's, that's, the, problem, that's the problem we have here. Mm. Um, wow. Well, golly gee whiz. It just, uh, again, come on. Conservatives, so-called conservatives, what are we conserving? I mean, uh, religious liberty is a good thing, but I feel like it's a, it's a compromise that sells us down the river here. Let's pray. Let's pray for a conversion of our society. Hey, uh, Brent Haynes, thanks for hanging out with us again today. We appreciate it. We'll have you back next week. All right, don't go anywhere. Mark Mills coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most people think that rules apply to others but not to themselves? They always consider themselves to be the exception. But what ends up happening is that everybody is an exception, and so the rules don't apply to anybody. The result is something worse than chaos. It's a loss of all the categories of respect and justice. G.K. Chesterton says that when the exception has become the rule, that is the worst of all possible tyrannies. When the Cardinal, formerly known as Ratzinger, gave his final homily before the papal conclave, he said, We are living under the tyranny of relativism. What is relativism? It's when there are no rules, only exceptions. The man about to become Pope was echoing Chesterton exactly. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network.
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Catholic Vote reports bigotry. Leftists demand Catholic justice recuse herself due to her faith. Leftist operatives are demanding that Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett recuse herself from an upcoming case involving religious freedom and the LGBTQ agenda because the Catholic justice accepts the church teachings on sexuality and marriage, saying, quote, uh, they're trying to claim that a Supreme Court justice can't do her job if she's Catholic. Plain and simple, said Catholic Vote Communications Director Joshua Mercer, pointing out that the group calls what the group calls discriminatory is just the plain teaching of the Catholic Church. Call this what it is, anti-Catholic bigotry, and worse, an attempt to normalize that bigotry as a way of barring Christians from having a seat at the table at the highest court. The National Catholic Register reports smartphone-free students Franciscan sees benefits of unplugged scholarship. On September 13th, Franciscan University of Steubenville launched its pilot of unplugged scholarships, a scholarship that awards financial aid to students that give up their smartphones during their college careers. Franciscan is leading the way and inviting a generation of young adults to detach from this digital universe, said Justin Schneier, who was an alumnus from 1999, who helped start the initiative. Justin and his wife, Hope, and a group of alumni started the Unplugged Scholarship. They planned for this scholarship to be a part of a larger movement called the Humanity Foundation, an initiative that will help curb digital dependence. In its pilot phase, the Unplugged Scholarship has granted 30 students a $5,000 scholarship. Franciscan had 171 students apply for the scholarship, according to Tim Delaney, the executive director of alumni and constituent relations at Franciscan. Even though only 30 students received financial assistance, almost 50 of them also chose to go smartphone-free, according to Delaney. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for uh, filling in for, for Brother Adrian today. Amen. Doing a great job, buddy. Hey, thanks. Uh, not easy uh, spinning all those plates and uh, reading the <laughs> news at the same time, but you make it look easy anyway. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Hey, joining us right now via phone is uh, Mark Mills, Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute and Faculty Fellow at Northwestern University's McCormick School of Engineering and Applied Science. He's also uh, written, uh, he's a host of a podcast called The Last Optimist. He's written a, a couple of books as well. And he is someone who I consider and many consider an expert on, on energy, the future, uh, technology and all the rest. Mark, welcome to the program. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time today. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, this green new world that we're expected to live in. The I saw a video not that long ago, actually, of a couple of car enthusiasts over in England. They were testing out just how efficient electric vehicles were. They tested it, the same make and model. One version was gas powered. One version was battery powered. And it turned out they saved more money with a gas-powered one. And I found that very, very fascinating. And then, of course, I've seen lots of your interviews with John Stossel and many others and your, you, uh, and your work on Prager University talking about how this, this EV future, this green future, this renewable future is not the utopia that, uh, that many believe it could be. In fact, it could be a dystopia. How do we see this push for a green, environmentally friendly, electric vehicle future, Mark Mills? The big question. <laughs> so, 
It depends how we define the word green. Unfortunately, that's that's just the reality of what uh, what's going on. First, everybody is defining green as meaning lowering carbon dioxide emissions or burning fewer hydrocarbons. But in the old world, which was many years ago, we talked about green in terms of how much land we use, uh, how much minerals we drag, drag out of the earth, where things are mined, uh, all, all the different forms of uh, pollution and conveniences that come with every machine. Yeah, the, bo the bottom line is the electric car is really quite a remarkable option for a lot of people. And there'll be lots more electric cars in the world. But they aren't zero emissions. They just emit something elsewhere. They can actually lead to higher emissions elsewhere. They aren't cheaper uh, by any measure. In fact, the least cost new electric car costs twice as much as the least cost new internal combustion engine car. So they're expensive and they're getting more expensive. And I guess we could add to the woes, the, the things that you need to mine and refine to manufacture batteries, which is uh, obviously essential for, for, for a battery powered vehicle. But those things aren't mined in America or very much in Europe, elsewhere. And all the refining, well, at least two thirds of it, is done in China. Mm. So there's a very interesting geopolitical swap. But you're, um, review that you saw of a couple of uh, car testers in the UK finding that driving electric vehicles more expensive. It's actually, it's actually true. It, uh, if you look at how most people will refuel their vehicle, that is, if they drive on the road and use these so-called fast chargers, those are very expensive and lead to higher cost for operations than just filling up with expensive gasoline. You know, I find it interesting because there is a, I mean, they've they sort of started to figure things out about Americans and how we think of cars. Unlike, I think, the rest of the world, in America, a car is an extension of our personality. We, we, we want our cars to say something about who we are, what we think of ourselves. I think it's not so much the case in other parts of the world. Uh, so, like, for instance, the Hummer EV. Now, that's a car. I mean, good grief. I can drag race in that thing, and I can crab walk on the side of a mountain. I mean, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, I could probably get behind an EV like that. But the reality is, in order to uh, provide for that kind of uh, technology, there is a lot at stake there that I think to, that you've already spoken to so far that we as Americans don't pay any attention to. We, you said China. Uh, we don't like mining in America. We, we don't want mining in our backyard because we know it's, it's an eyesore. It's harmful to the environment. I mean, it's okay if that harms Africans and mines owned by China in Africa or in mines in, in China that are managed by, you know, Uyghurs or other people, but just not in my backyard. There's a great hypocrisy in this Green New Deal. Mark, are you there? We might have lost Mark Mills. Mark, if you can hear me. Can you hear me? There you go. Yeah, Did you hear my question, Mark? Uh, yeah, you know, you, you make a very good point first about the uh, psychology of automobiles. I mean, if everybody had the same view of what kind of car they would like and how they would use a car, there might be two or three models of cars in the entire world. There, there are thousands of models of cars for different uses, different personalities, different uh, places that you might want to use it, how you, it's really quite remarkable. The electric vehicle is effect, in effect another model of car, another option you could have is like back before you could choose, before you could choose um, 
have an automatic transmission or a stick shift. That was an option. Now you can choose between an engine or an electric motor with a battery. But it's still a car, though. And, and to your point that uh, a lot of people in the world view cars differently than we do, here's how they view it differently. They don't have cars. <laughs> we, yeah. We, we live in a country, and Europe's the same, where there are more cars uh, owned by people than there are licensed drivers. We're wealthy nations. We've got lots of cars. In the rest of the world, there's on average roughly 80 people per car. So they're underserved by cars. They're eager to get access to have one because of the freedom it gives, the economic freedom, the personal freedom, all the mobilities that are obvious to us. So they're looking for the cheapest car first. Right? Mm. Their first car is going to be an inexpensive car, whether it's a low-cost new car or a second-hand car, which is where many of our, our vehicles go when we think they're used up. And so that's sort of the first, we'll call it social equity issue that gets lost in this. And we're, we're excited about expensive new options. The rest of the world, billions of people are eager to get access to any vehicle. And I'll, and I'll say it again, look, the cheapest electric car is still twice as expensive as the cheapest internal combustion engine. And that's because of the battery itself is so stunningly expensive. It's a thousand pound fuel tank to replace 80 pounds of gasoline. Wow. To, to manufacture the thousand pound fuel tank, I have to dig up about 500,000 pounds of the earth to get the minerals somewhere. 500,000 pounds, you say? 500,000 pounds per car of digging up rocks to make one car's battery. And to your point, we, we've chased the mining industry out of this country. And in fact, the last year, this administration has canceled permits that were multi-million dollars and years in pursuit. This canceled these permits for a copper, I think it was a cop, one copper and a couple of, uh, uh, I think it's been a nickel mine, a couple of copper mines in nickel mine. The, one in Minnesota, uh, one, as I recall, in uh, Arizona, probably New Mexico. Uh, so even as we're pushing for more electric cars and subsidizing them here, we're making it hard for miners to produce the metals that are needed to make them. And the other countries who are willing to do that, uh, you know, to your point, in many cases, there are parts of the world where they don't only really don't have labor labor laws or unions to help protect workers. They mm. um, use enforced labor in some places. They use notoriously child labor. Uh, we know this, and we know that we're creating increased demand for those kinds of mines by subsidizing electric cars in Europe and America. It's a, um, I guess you could say it's a deeply immoral trade. Yeah, it would seem so. I mean, we have just seconds before we go to a network, a quick network break. We're talking with Mark Mills from the Manhattan Institute. Uh, boy, I'm going to have to hold that thought right there. But I'm just curious, how is it possible that those that would push this green new world don't know all of this? And if they do, do they not care? It seems to me like uh, they would know and they should care, both. But we're going to continue this conversation with Mark Mills. The website is manhattan-institute.org. We're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Got a drive time. We'll be right back. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic 
and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has an on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Good to be on with you. Mark Mills is our guest, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. We're talking about the electric, brave new world that we're, we're going to be seeing. It almost seems one way or the other. I mean, they're pretty determined at this point to bring about. Places like California Governor Newsom out there is determined to force Californians to accept this brave new uh, electric world. But it begs the question, they've got rolling brownouts now. How are they going to handle this? I mean, do solar and wind, do these things, are are they capable of providing? They didn't even provide Texans with enough electricity a a year before last. How is California going to fare with all electric vehicles and rolling brownouts? Mark Mills, what say you? Oh, not well. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, not, not well at all. In fact, there's a certain shade and fright to the fact that within days of the announcement that California has joined a number of other states and other countries in this bizarre mania to ban the sale of internal combustion engines. It's uh, really quite something. Well, at a, at a very high level of abstraction, r- roughly the same amount of energy is used by road vehicles as the total electric grid now uses in the United States. So, or put differently, you you have to roughly double the electric grid to transfer all transportation over to using electricity instead of burning oil, roughly speaking. Uh, that's not being planned by by anyone. In fact, we're going to be we're going to be underserved with electricity because precisely of the mandates to build more wind and solar instead of more conventional power plants. So it's it's a it's a plan that will lead to more frequent announcements like, like just happened that you referred to, that where the government or the utility operators will say, uh, not only all of us have experienced, please don't use your air conditioners, it's a hot day, we'll have, please don't drive your car or don't charge your car, it's a hot day, or inversely in the cold climate, it's a cold day. Um, it's, not, it's not impossible to build enough electric capacity to charge the cars. It's it just takes money and time. <laughs> yeah, like everything else. A lot. It just takes money and time. A and, lot of money. And you know what's interesting is there's no actual reduction in fossil fuel use in a brave new electric car world. I mean, just in general, like you just pointed out, they they fill these cars up with coal powered you know electricity <laughs> chargers, not solar powered, not wind powered. That's not doing the trick. It's still coal. Why not nuclear power? That is a renewable energy, apparently, that nobody wants anymore. I'm not sure why. Uh, and then, of course, you still need fossil fuels to 
ship all that battery technology across the ocean. You still need fossil fuels to lube the, the bearings and all the other components of these vehicles that move. They're not going to be uh, lubed with electricity, you know, out of a solar-powered generator of any kind. Uh, it seems naive at best, but make, on the worst side of that spectrum, manipulative? I mean, do we think we're that dumb that we wouldn't understand that fossil fuels aren't going to be reduced by all this? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe maybe, we are that dumb. I don't know. Ouch. But let's... <laughs> Let's let's divide the the, the point you made the two big buckets, so to speak, of the the, the need for uh, fossil fuels or hydrocarbons, oil, gas, and coal, to do and make everything, including green machines, and then the use of hydrocarbons to charge the green machines. Let's say, and people do know that it depends where you live, and when you charge your car, what kind of electricity you're putting in the battery, so to speak. If you live in China, which has half of the world's electric cars, its electric grid is two-thirds coal-fired, and at night it's mostly coal-fired. Wow. Uh, maybe maybe close to 8 or 90% in some parts of the country. That means that you're precisely right. Those electric cars are are coal-fired cars, like, like the trains of the 19, 19th century. If you live in Norway, uh, with their 80% hydropower grid, I mean, it's a country with a population of Manhattan, so you know they have an easier, easier lift, so to speak. But then you're you're charging with hydropower. If you live in California and you charge the car at night, in certain parts of the state at the right time of the year uh, or evening, you're charging with wind power. If you live in uh, New England um, during midday, you're probably charged with natural gas. The point is, if the government wants to make sure that you charge your car with the a loud form of electricity, then we'll put control systems on the chargers and in your car and make it impossible for you to charge your car except when you're using the permitted form of electricity. Technically possible, uh, a profound intrusion on your, on your convenience and your freedoms, but it's technically possible. We'll just, we'll just change the car from being a really convenient drive anytime, anywhere mobility device into a permission-driven mobility device, which gets to your point of control uh, that the government would be able to have over your life. So that so if we do the averages, then given the electric grid we have, and we will have for many, many, many years, you're absolutely right that in America, because roughly two-thirds of electricity comes from burning gas and oil, natural gas and oil, that means your electric car is burning natural gas and oil, on average. And in, again, in China, it's coal, in Poland, it's often coal, uh, and in and in Norway and Denmark, you know, wind and hydro, but it varies around the world. But it still emits something somewhere else, right? The second energy hydrocarbon part is that that thousand pound battery that takes five hundred thousand pounds of rock to be excavated to get to the minerals to make the copper and the aluminum. That's all done with big oil burning machines, and big big machines powered by electricity on coal fire grids and gas fire grids and oil fire grids in Africa, grind up the rock, use hydrocarbon-based chemicals to dissolve the rock to get the metals, use hydrocarbons to refine the metals and make the chemicals. And you do so much of that hydrocarbon-based activity that the amount of carbon dioxide you emit just making the battery can wipe up 
from a half to even all of the CO2 emissions that you eliminate by not burning gasoline. Wow. Which is, mm. which is not me. I'm not making these numbers up, by the way. Even, God bless them, Volkswagen has at their website a study that they published uh, that lays out these facts that in the ideal model that they, they, they play out, even there, the first 60,000 miles you drive one of their electric vehicles, they will tell you you're emitting more CO2 than if you drove the diesel-powered SUV. Wow. That's incredible. Mr. Mills, I have a question here about the uh, the rollout of this this uh, this green agenda, right? So uh, certain places like, for example, Europe, I think, is going for 2030. Certain yeah. uh, states here in the United States, like California, going for 2030 to to roll out this this green agenda where you, you wouldn't be manufacturing any new uh, cars that are driven by fossil fuels. What does that look like, uh, you know, practically? Or is it going to be impossible for us to get the, the, the engines that were around? Are we, are we just not going to have enough uh, fuel to go around? Uh, how does that – because that's going to affect the, the supply and demand of, of, the, uh, of the fuel sure. industry. Well, let's, let's stipulate governments can do almost anything they want, right? I mean, yeah. governments and Sovietized economies, command and control is we, – we've learned the last couple of years, government has a lot of power, command and control. So – how this will work out is, is one of two ways. If they could, if they if they keep the ban in place, there will be a shortage of cars. We we won't be making enough electric vehicles because we can't mine enough material. The International Energy Agency has pointed out the average time to open a new mine is 16 years, and the world needs to increase the number of mines and mining just to build battery by somewhere between 400% and 4,000%, depending on the scenario you have. Wow. The, the world is not planning to open that many new mines. And if, they, if, if the world's miners decided to tomorrow to do that, it would take over a decade to have those mines get open, which is a long way of saying, we're not gonna be mining enough material to make that many batteries. So what, what's the effect of it? Well, used cars will, will become extremely expensive because people keep their old, conventional vehicle. So those become expensive. Maintenance costs will go up. Maintenance charges will go up. And the overall cost of transportation will go up, which will impact not the rich, which can happily afford the most reliable uh, conventional vehicle and pay mm -hmm. for maintenance. It'll, it'll affect middle class and the poor who will face higher costs for transportation, not just a little higher, but if you're outright banning, if the governments leave in place a ban on new internal combustion engines, you'll create incredibly high prices, black market and conventional cars. You'll see all kinds of workarounds for people traveling to an adjacent state to buy a new conventional vehicle, unless the federal government bans it. Mm -hmm. And if the federal government bans it, <laughs> I guess you'll find old 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 freighters <laughs> bringing illegal used cars. <laughs> Who knows? People will be going to the junkyards to rebuild cars. It's like Mad It'll Max. Look like, yeah. yeah, Mad Max. <laughs> Your brain's going to the same place. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen trains of uh, junker cars being towed to Mexico. Uh, sure. And they uh, they we'll take, reverse that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. They're going to reverse. They're going to be start bringing them back our way. Uh, yeah. How many cars have I sold that have ended up in Mexico? You know, but uh, uh, it, it, we're down to about just a minute and a half here with Mark Mills from the Manhattan Institute. Uh, boy, okay. So let me just ask this question here: Why won't I mean Europe's facing an energy crisis right now? 
Uh, Why won't they embrace nuclear technology? What is the big hang-up with nuclear technology? Is this just one of those follow-the-money, who's getting paid and who's getting rich kind of deals? Or is there a real issue with nuclear technology that most of us have not considered? You know, I hate the answer. It's complicated. Because in this case, it is is a a melange of, of myths that began at the dawn of the nuclear age. People are afraid of, of radiation because it's invisible. I understand that. But we know a lot about radioactivity. It's one of the best and most deeply studied areas of uh, biological science. It's remarkable. But uh, environmental groups, by and large, despise nuclear energy, have opposed it vigorously. We have a regulatory regime that's hostile to nuclear energy, like it is hostile mining. But there, there is more promise in reducing mankind's footprint to provide energy using nuclear fission than anything, than any single approach to producing energy for society. We increase the call on minerals by over a thousand percent if we go from conventional fuels to solar, wind, and batteries. We decrease it by that amount by going to nuclear fission. It's an astonishingly remarkable form of producing energy. And the good news is there's there's at least six dozen, not not six, not a dozen, but six dozen different new designs for nuclear power plants that the International Atomic Energy Agency has itemized. We have the engineering capacity to accelerate that. We should accelerate that in Europe and the United States. And imagine a power plant that you could bury below a city. The power plant is, say, the size of four or five shipping containers. Has an on-off switch and runs the city for 40 years. Would be nice. That's not crazy. Yeah, but we're out of time. Mark Mills, thank you for your time. He is the author of uh, uh, a book called The Cloud Revolution, How the Convergence of New Technologies Will Unleash the Next Economic Boom and the Roaring 20s, 2020s. You can find more information at manhattan-institute.org. Mark, God bless you. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. God bless you. All right. That's going to do it. share is coming up in our second hour, 9 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern, but it starts all across the GRN next. Otherwise, see you back here tomorrow morning. Catholic Radio was there for me.
KSHJ Houston. Donation or a pledge of $125 per month for a year, and you'll be eligible to win a drawing for a pilgrimage of choice for two people with select international tours. That number again to call is 1-800-476-3311. And good morning. It is Tuesday morning, 7 Central, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, and it means that it is time for the Christmas share here on the GRN to begin. And uh, we're so happy that you're with us uh, in these opening moments of this first hour of a four-day share to raise funds to keep Catholic Radio on the air. Happy Advent to you. My name is Dave Palmer. I serve as Executive Director of the North Texas Station of the Guadalupe Radio Network, along with Toya Hall, our Chief Executive Officer. I'm getting more used to that now, Toya. Good morning. How are you? Well, that's good because I'm not, Dave. <laughs> I'll keep reminding you of your title every now and then, okay? <laughs> the oh, coup. my goodness. The coup. There you go. All right. You know, uh, I am a little bit, I'm going to tell you right away, Dave, I'm a little bit discombobulated. <laughs> Good way to start a morning, huh? <laughs> yes, because I'm trying to get all these screens opened on my computer. The keyboard doesn't want to work. You know, the battery's out in the mouse. It's just been crazy this morning. But so because of all the craziness, let's start with the prayer. How about amen. that? Amen. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. amen. Lord, we thank you that you have sustained the Guadalupe Radio Network through the generosity of our listeners. We lift each one of them in prayer to you this day. Dear Jesus, along with the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, we pray that you will touch, enlighten, and open the eyes of all our hearts so that we will hear your word and hear your teaching. We prayerfully ask for your continued blessing upon the Guadalupe Radio Network that we remain steadfast to our media ministry to spread your truth. Jesus, bless our listeners and hear their prayers. You know their hearts, you know their needs, enrich their lives with your Holy Spirit, and protect them from harm. Bring back our lost family members into your fold. Thank you, Jesus, for the daily showering of the abundant blessings that you send our way. We are your servants. Got our hearts, our hands, and our voices that we may give glory to God. We ask all of this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Are you off away from your discongobulation? No, because I just said the wrong prayer. <laughs> it's supposed to be the Christmas Sherathon prayer. Oh, man. At what so point in the middle of it did you realize you're off, off the wrong stumbling. track? Is yes. it, you guys need a coffee maker there at the, uh, oh, the studio. Oh, we, we, we need some caffeine here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I kept going, this prayer's not right. This prayer's not right. Well, God knew. <laughs> God knows our intentions, right? That's exactly right. All right, so it is the oh. Christmas Sherathon. Good morning, everybody, and I uh, hope your, your morning is off to <laughs> a great start. Uh, maybe you're feeling <laughs> like Toya this morning, and you're just uh, get, grabbing for that coffee and uh, trying to wake up or uh, hitting the alarm clock. Uh, it is, the uh, as I mentioned, the first hour of four days of fundraising to keep Catholic Radio on the air, and we're so glad you're with us during this uh, first hour of the entire thing. You know, the time goes by so fast. Uh, this is such a glorious time of year. We're in Advent now, approaching Christmas season, and we want to keep Catholic Radio on the air. So here's what's going on this hour. A uh, lot to talk about. $6,800 matching gift challenge. Uh, we have two sponsors in North Texas, Little Elm Eye Care, and also the University of Dallas, and they combine for $6,800 for this hour. So all that means is 
between now and the top of the next hour, we've got to get the calls coming in to match $6,800, and that will be doubled thanks to these two great sponsors, 800-476-3311. And there's something cool about giving the first the, the number out for the first time and then just seeing how people are going to respond, how, you know, who's going to be the first caller. We always encourage everybody in all markets to race to the phones to be that first caller. 800-476-3311. See, let's see who it's going to be. I like that. Race to the phones, Dave. <laughs> you know, uh, so always in the first hour, we've got so many things to talk about, right? And so much information to share. And one of the things I want to start with is um, the gift that we're giving away this time for a donation of any size is the uh, a wonderful CD called uh, Come Let Us Adore Him. And uh, it is a interview that... And I'm trying to find it on my notes, but oh, I'm, oh, this I'm is not the, finding oh, it. Oh, the 15 ways to build a Eucharistic home? That's it. Uh, that's yeah. it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, the CDT team did yeah. this with the Oni Bell. And it really is like a conversation, a roundtable conversation, a family conversation, sitting by the fireplace. That's what they sounded like. And it is so good. And they're talking about the ways to build uh, Eucharistic adoration or Eucharistic devotion in your own home. And the theme of this share and I absolutely love this theme, is come let us adore him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a, a perfect theme because when you hear that, you probably think, okay, the song, of course, you think of the nativity, Christmas, and all the warm fuzzies like Toya likes to talk about that are associated with Christmas season and Advent. And it also it has to do with adoration. And that's what uh, we are being asked to uh, focus on. Uh, naturally, we always want to focus on the Eucharist, but the bishops are saying, hey, for three years, let's just hyper-focus on the Eucharist, and we have been doing that in Catholic Radio a lot. All right, two people are on the line, 800 476 3311 1-800-476-3311. Uh, you know, Toya, the, my mo with these is i listen to it and i take notes and i i type as i'm listening and i kept typing and typing and typing and typing and i have five pages of notes because i love how they they budget the time because uh this is 15 ways to build a eucharistic home and like you say it's a roundtable conversation uh with adrian and joe and rudy and theoni bell she's the she's the guest uh, author of The Woman in the Trees about a Marian apparition. And they're talking about Eucharistic revival and, and more specifically how to apply that to family life. And she gives 15 great bits of advice, way too much for us to talk about <laughs> right now, all of them. But during the course of this week, everybody will be touching on these. And then, uh, you know, just like Toya said, any donation, any size <clears throat> this week, and you are going to get that as a digital download. It's not going to be a physical, tangible, you know, DVD or CD that's, that's sent to you. It'll be a digital download. In fact, you'll get it tonight, 800-476-3311, 800-476-3311. I see two people on, Dave. It's going to be a wonderful share It's a beautiful time of year. Advent has started. And uh, the other thing that we want to share with you is the music um, I still want to say CD, Dave. I know. <laughs> resist. The, yes, I shall resist. Uh, is the, the music, um, download that we're going to send to you. And what I love about it, it, the technology today is it'll be in your inbox tonight. And, uh, it's Michael John Poirier. And, uh, oh, it's all beautiful Christmas music. Very, 
very uh, traditional Christmas music, wouldn't you say, Dave? Yeah, it's all, it's all the the favorite songs that you're used to growing up. Of course, the the title of the compilation is called "Oh Holy Night," and that should remind you that that's my favorite Christmas song, uh, "Silent Night." And uh, Cecil played "Hello, How a Rose Air Blooming" uh, before we came on. "Oh Holy Night," uh, creator of the Stars of Night, a Wayne Jermaine, a Wayne Manger. I got to tell you a funny story, Toya. When I called Michael John Poirier because I was I was asked to uh, to, to interview him you know and we have two segments that we'll be playing this week and boy he is a fascinating person he is uh i i said in the interview i said hey, i just you know kind of want our listeners to get to know you and he said dave i got all these stories i got stories about okay when i was three years old i was driving from biloxi mississippi to san antonio i was born in san antonio and we lived in biloxi mississippi and i'm listening to this christmas and he's just he loves to tell stories and, uh-huh. and and I kept like, like redirecting him, like, hey, let's talk about this. Okay, then when I was in high school, <laughs> and it's, it, he just he's a storyteller, and I think that comes out in the music also because I think uh-huh. most most musicians should be storytellers because that's how they write. And uh, but yeah, it's great. Uh, three calls on the line now. Uh, thanks, uh, Marty, Hilda, and Gabe, all taking calls. I, that's a that's a really. Uh, encouraging start, I would say, to this morning. We're already about nine minutes into the hour. $6,800 for a matching gift uh, this hour. 800-476-3311. Uh, we talked about the levels other than any donation, any size gets the uh, the digital downloadable interview uh, that is called 15 Ways to Build a Eucharistic Home, uh, an interview with the CDT team and Theoni Bell, uh, author of The Woman in the Trees. Uh, if you can bump that up to $30 a month, you become a guardian angel level donor. <clears throat> and uh, by doing that, uh, you will be put into a drawing tomorrow morning in the, er- in the early hours. We're going to draw somebody's name out of all the guardian angels that came in 30 a month or more or 360 one time or more, and you'll have a chance to win an iPad Air uh, with stunning uh, liquid retina display, M1 chip, neural engine, <laughs> uh, two cameras. I, don't you wish you had those things? <laughs> I, want, I want a neural engine. <laughs> I do How do I get a neural engine? Just, a neural engine. Neural yeah. sounds like, a, like something brainy, and I, I just want that. Uh, thanks to an anonymous <laughs> supporter from Gulf Breeze, Florida, for this gift. Uh, you know who you are, and we're very grateful for you. 800-476-3311. 1-800-476-3311. Okay, the first donation of the entire share has come through. Don't, don't look, Toya, okay? Don't look. Okay. Have you looked? Okay. No, okay. I have not looked. Okay. You're going to be surprised probably from the market that's represented first. Okay. Okay. So that's your hint. Okay. If what? I'm going to be surprised, then I'm going to be thrilled. <laughs> well, yeah, probably so. Probably yeah. so. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a city that we have called out a number of times. I'll go ahead and give it away. Okay. Okay. 1480 AM listener, WMMA, Birmingham, <gasps> well? Alabama, Mountain Brook, Alabama, anonymous from Our Lady of Sorrows and St. Thomas, the Apostle Parish. We've called out that city and that parish uh, a few times before. $100 one time gets us started. And then we also had Don from Greenville, Texas, also $100 plus credit card charges. So uh, KTH is on the board. Thank you, Don. Uh, St. William the Confessor Parish uh, there. And he says he learns learns the Word of God to Catholic Radio. This is donation is on behalf of the Knights of Columbus, Council 7438. Uh, Don, isn't that awesome? Uh, he wakes up early on Tuesday morning to call that in on behalf of the Knights of Columbus. He might be the Grand Knight out there. So uh, thank you, Don, and all the, the great Knights of Columbus out there. I know that won't be the last time we hear from the Knights of Columbus this week. So, Don, thank you for getting us started. 800-476-3311. 
800-476-3311. Or you can go to our website at grnonline.com, grnonline.com. And there you can read all about the appreciation gifts that we have. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. It's going to be a blessed share because of you, your financial help, your prayers, your support. Go to adoration for us today. Uh, say, go to mass for us today. Say rosary for us today. Whatever you can do to help, uh, Catholic radio stay on the air. We so do appreciate it. Keeping the airwaves authentically Catholic. 800-476-3311, uh, 12 minutes into this hour, we've had two wonderful callers, Dave. Uh, I know without a doubt that we have got to get uh, uh, more calls coming in to reach this matching gift donation. Yeah, and I would like to encourage uh, people, by, by the way the, the Guardian Angel level donation that I mentioned about and having a chance to win that iPad Air, if you put it on a, a credit card or bank draft, uh, something easy where you don't have to get reminders and we don't have to send you anything that's the what you're going to get automatically that digital download that Toya was talking about, Oh Holy Night by Michael John Poirier if you can possibly <clears throat> bump it up to $1,500 one time or $125 a month, that uh, is what we call the Archangel Donation, and that uh, puts you into a whole different level. You still get the interview with the CDT team. You still get a chance to win the iPad Air. If you put it on a credit card, you still get the Michael John Poirier uh, uh, digital download as well with all that beautiful Christmas music, but you also get put into a drawing uh, to win a pilgrimage of choice for you and a guest anytime in the next year. Uh, to anywhere, any Catholic pilgrimage where select international tours goes, okay? And there's a whole lot of things to, to, to places to choose from. The Holy Land, Italy, Ireland, uh, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Croatia, Greece, Shrines of France. You get to choose. You get a menu and you get to say, okay, let's go on this one and let's go in August of next year or December of next year. Uh, and you get to choose. So, uh, Toy, I think you'd agree we're, we're going to need a, a few of those this hour. Uh, in order to hit this goal, so please, if you're considering a, a big donation, you love Catholic Radio, it's blessed you and your family, call now, Archangel Level Donation, $1,500, 800-476-3311, 800-476-3311, 800-476-3311, it's where we talk about giving the gift of faith to someone else. And uh, as I was saying, I love this theme, uh, Come Let Us Adore Him. And I'd love to talk about adoration because that's what we're talking about in this share -thon. And that's what we are giving away uh, during this share -thon is a wonderful uh, download it's not an album because it's all talk, but uh, it is, and it, it's toy is what she calls a CD. I call it compilation. Do you like that one? Compilation. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's what I call it when I was talking to Michael John. A compilation. He didn't correct me, so it must be right. <laughs> so um, that is what we're going to send to you, and, and it's so very good. I, I'm like you, Dave. I made notes. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and it, it's very family-oriented. So if you're wondering how to get your children and your grandchildren to understand and to have this great love for the Eucharist, this is really a talk you want to get. It's a, 
an interview that you can download tonight on your computer. Yeah, you know, I, I have a, a great blessing to be able to teach CCD at my parish, and I'm teaching 8th and ninth graders, and the DRE gave me the, the freedom to kind of choose whatever I want to talk about uh, to these 8th and ninth graders, and I said, I want to talk about the Eucharist. So we have spent this entire semester talking about the Eucharist, and I'll tell you, that's an age, you know, these are 14, 15-year-olds where they still have some innocence, they're still, you know, haven't gone off to college and heard the, the crazy college professor they haven't you know uh, they're still open to hearing the truth about this and i tell them i said if you can just believe and love the eucharist you're never going to leave the catholic faith and most of what i'm teaching i've learned on catholic radio so it's it's just been such a blessing 800-476-3311 come let us adore him christmas share 2022 here on the guadalupe radio network and uh we only have one person on the line now hilda has taken a call a lot of other volunteers in the houston call center are eager and waiting for their first call. So please uh, call 800-476-3311, 1-800-476-3311. And oh, by the way, Toya, in case you yes. were wondering, yes, when they when they call in an archangel donation, they get a fascinating fact. Okay? Are you ready? I'll, I'll tell you, I am more ready than I've ever been. I mean, I'll, oh, I'll, wow. I'll, be, I'll be honest, there have been a number of times that you've said, Dave, what about that fascinating fact? And I have to go <laughs> dig it up. Yesterday... <laughs> Uh, I, last night at the dinner table, I, I was testing some of them with my family. I mean, seriously. Oh, I bet uh, the girls enjoyed them. They <laughs> did. They were they're probably rolling their eyes at some of them, right, Dad? <laughs> oh, Dad, please, more fascinating facts. <laughs> oh, sure. You're just an amazing dad. Oh, gosh. Yeah. How many no. got up and walked out from the table, so, right? So these are, these are tested. These are tested fascinating facts. Oh, they facts, are time okay? tested. All right. Uh, so, no, I, I got some doozies, ones you've never heard before. So, looking forward to that 800-476-3311 and then of course one of toya's favorite levels is the seraphim donation and these are almost kind of like what people actually do this but they they really do and we get some of these every shareathon don't we we do, and we, and we we desperately need them every Sherathon too, because this Sherathon is is important because it's going to help us finish the year. And I will tell everybody, I have one prayer, and I've had it for twenty six, almost twenty seven years. Not just one prayer, but one prayer in particular. Please, Lord, get us to the black. Please, Lord, get us financially to the black. You know, you hear about Black Friday. And the reason it's called Black Friday is because there's so much shopping done that uh, the stores and the businesses get into the positive, right, yeah, financially. Right. So that's what my prayer is. Please, Lord, get us to the black. Uh, and that's why we need your help and support as we work as a family to keep Catholic Radio on the air. And what I love about our GRN stations, Dave, is that... That we are local. We are the ones that we're at, we're the Catholic radio station at your parish, at your festival, you know, promoting your events and what what's going on in your parish. Uh, and I, I think that's a wonderful way to network the 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 Catholic family. Yeah, and and I would I would say that you know if you're listening and you're you know regardless of where you are in uh, San Antonio or North Texas or Houston or DC or uh, Florida Alabama you you should be familiar with the folks that in the GRN that li- that work in your area. Okay, you should see them at the festivals. You'll see them at the parishes. You see. Them. 
See him uh, at the live remote broadcast. Okay, it's a very it's a very personal type of uh, connection that we have. I, I know here's Rosalba from the Colony, seventy five dollars one time. Plus, she paid the credit card charges from Holy Cross Parish. As, as soon as I hear Holy Cross Parish, I think of Father Joy Joseph, the pastor, and he's been such a friend uh, to the GRN. And so, it, it's a very intimate connection that we all have with you as listeners. We don't know every single one of you personally, but we want to, <laughs> and that's why we like to get out, and we do appreciate so much calls like this. Uh, Rosalba says, I listen every single day, and it helps me, uh, uh, gives gives me hope. Uh, She prays for her family to return to the faith. And how often have we heard that prayer request? It's the most common uh, that we hear so often, 800-476-3311. And I would say, you know, if you're a young uh, mother or father, and maybe your kids are three and five and seven, let's keep listening to Catholic Radio. Talk about it around the dinner table, uh, and and just, it helps. The trickle-down effect of Catholic Radio is so powerful, and you, there's no guarantee that any children are going to stay in the church, but uh, we can we can do our part to try to instill a love uh, for it in them. 800-476-3311, just one call on the line, Toya. 800-476-3311. 800-476-3311. Okay, Dave, I'm going to give you a little bit of concerning news, okay? <clears throat> okay, I'm ready. All right. Uh, your theory is being tested right now. <laughs> right I, now. I, I know your exactly theory, what you're talking about. Yes, I, know, I knew you would. You want to share with everybody what your theory is? Uh, yeah, my theory is, and I think it's time tested and it's been proven, and I think it's going to be, everything's going to be fine this hour. We typically start off a little bit slow in the, the first hour because people are trying to find out, hey, what's going on? You know, what are the, what, you know, what's the theme and all that? The thing, the theory is, is that the first hour sets the tone for the entire Sherathon. Okay, so how the first hour goes, so goes the Sherathon. Now, does it work every single time? I don't think so. But generally, we get a feel. We get a, a sense. Are you, are you out there? Are you eager? Are you excited? Is Catholic Radio changing your life? Do you want to call in? Do you want to donate? Uh, <clears throat> so far, uh, three people that we've thanked, one person on the line. I'd say the jury is still out. But right now, we want a lot of calls. We want, you know, five, six, eight people to jump on the line and say, you know what? I'm all in. I'm going to help you hit this $6,800 matching goal. 800-476-3311. Uh, we need you out there. Uh, Toya, Toya laughs when I say this, but I, but I mean it. We know you're out there. Okay. Uh, we had a, I don't know if laugh is what I would describe. <laughs> But you know, you know what I mean, though. I mean, the the listeners are out there. You're listening. You're thinking. I don't know. Is this my time? Am I going to make a donation? Do I need to renew my pledge? Maybe you gave a donation last Christmas. It's time to renew. Uh, 800-476-3311. Looking for that second caller to call in right now, and let's start chipping away at this $6,800 matching gift challenge. 22 minutes into the hour of this first hour of the entire Sherathon. And, uh, Toya, does something about the, are there certain things that, like, when they happen, you begin to feel like, ah, okay, this is, this is, I call it the Christmas season with air quotes. It's, of course, the Advent season, but you know what I mean? That the season of the years we approach Christmas, Advent, um, are there any, like, like things that happen when, you you feel like okay it's real. I have one in particular that I want to mention, but I'm just throwing it out to you at first. Uh. Um, do you know one of the things that that makes me feel that it's it's so real actually is Christmas music. 
Yeah. When yeah. I hear Christmas music, and really, I'm not crazy about it when I go in the stores and I hear it in October, but <laughs> I don't, I don't think it does much for me then. But, you know, uh, about this time of year, then, you know, it really does, um, it really does make me think about, you know, Advent and it makes me think about Christmas and, and all that it means. And that's what's so beautiful about this theme. Come let us adore him because we, uh, are talking about adoring Christ in the Eucharist. So Dave, what does, what makes it real for you? What is the hello moment yeah. that you're going, Oh yeah, we're in the <laughs> well, season. Well, one, one of them, of course, is, uh, Thanksgiving itself. So, you know, I was talking to, you know, my, my, my wife is from Ireland and I was like, huh? Cause I, I think Thanksgiving, at least from a, a, a an average person's mindset kind of ushers in the new season from a secular standpoint, of course, not liturgically necessarily. Uh, and I asked my wife, I said, how, if, if you don't have Thanksgiving in Europe or in these other countries, because uh, uh, I don't know, that's kind of the unofficial beginning of when people really start thinking about Christmas. But the other, the other day when I was at church, I heard the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel song. And to, to me, that's the perfect Advent song. It's, it's a song that's built for Advent. And when I heard that at the end of Mass, I was like, okay, yes, this, this is real. Of course, the first Sunday of Advent that we celebrated uh, a couple of days ago, that official begins not only the uh, Advent season, but also the new liturgical year. And so that, that of course, is the big sign. Okay, it's real. We got about four weeks, and it's going to be Christmas. And uh, it's very exciting. Uh, here's Kathy in Germantown, Maryland, uh, has donated $20 a month. Uh, she is going to get that digital download interview with the CDT team and Theoni Bell. Uh, and she says she is from St. John Newman Parish. Uh, she said, super busy. It's nice to listen to while I am working. And she said, please pray for the 50th anniversary of her and her husband. So congratulations on that, Kathy. Uh, from Germantown, that brings us to $524 raised, $6,276 to go, uh, $6,276 to go. And uh, we are now uh, approaching the bottom of the hour, 25 minutes past. And what we need so badly right now is somebody to go big. You know, knock our socks off with a uh, $2,000, $3,000 donation and uh, get us started. Kind of a lot of people are waiting to see if this hour is going to happen, what, you know, when they should call in. Just donate any donation you can right now. 800-476-3311-800-476-3311. Come let us adore him. Christmas Shirathon, hour number one of four days of fundraising. So please be as generous as you can and keep the station that you're listening to right now on the air. Okay, so, you know, we talk about the 12 days of Christmas, right, Dave? Yes. Let's have 12 callers right now, 800-476-3311, 800 uh, Guadalupe family, we really need your help. Uh, the station stay on the air simply because of... God and divine providence working through our listeners to keep the stations on. 800-476-3311. Uh, Dave, we are almost halfway through the hour. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, we are not even. <laughs> Not even close to being halfway in this $6,800 matching gift hour. So 12 people calling, two or three people being Archangel donors, that $1,500 one-time donation or $125 a month where your name goes in the drawing for the pilgrimage. They must go at least a dozen places. And you have over a year 
to pick out where you want to go. And the value of it is somewhere between eleven and $12,000. Yeah, and you know, I, I have a, a dear friend, and she donates regularly during uh, every share and often at the Archangel level. And, uh, and it's funny because you know, they, they, could, they, they could afford themselves to go, to go on a pilgrimage, but she gets so excited and said, maybe this is going to be the time, maybe this is the time that I'm going to win the pilgrimage. Uh, and, and it's so cute. And, you know, and, and somebody's going to win this, okay? Okay. Uh, by the way, we got two people on the line now. Yay! Uh, we just need ten, get, Dave. <laughs> Eight more calls. Uh, I, I don't even no, know. If we no, no, ten more because oh, I'm going oh, for oh, twelve. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're going were, big. Were you, were, were you listening during this? I, I was uh, foca- <laughs> focusing, laser focused. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's called gotcha moment. <laughs> All right, ten more calls uh, to get to Toya's twelve eight hundred four seven six three three one one. All right, through th- the third caller, are you out there? Eight hundred four seven six thirty three eleven. I'll tell you what. If we got to twelve calls. In this first hour, that would be like amazing because oh, yeah. if, if you follow these shareathons, and I'm not talking to you, Toya, because I know you do, uh, but uh, dear listener, if you follow them, you know that sometimes we'll get into Thursday or Friday still trying to get 10 calls all at the same time. And all the different teams will be doing the same thing. And it's a big deal. I mean, if you get 10 calls at the same time, that's, that's monumental. To get them in the first hour, that that just you talk about setting the tone for the the rest of the shareathon. You want to set a, a positive tone. Let's get those twelve calls right now. Eight hundred four seven six thirty three eleven. Eight hundred four seven six three three one one. We haven't mentioned specifically that during the share, Christmas shareathon we don't ring jingle bell. We don't ring cowbells. We ring jingle bells. Okay, so it's a whole different sound. I got mine here ready for me. I'll give you a little taste of it. Okay, you hear that? That's just, oh, a, that's just. I a, love jingle bells. I, know. I think. I think if somebody has some bad news to give you and they <laughs> ring jingle bells while they're giving it to you, it wouldn't feel like so a, bad. You're like breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Say, okay, yes. you know, I really want to be friends. You yes, know, and I think yes. it's uh, you're really a great person. I, I, it just changes yes. everything. Yeah, it changes everything. Eight hundred four seven. Oh, please, oh, please, we only have two people on. 800-476-3311. All right, uh, $6,800. Now, here's what's at stake here is uh, Little Elm Eye Care uh, is a wonderful, wonderful sponsor, and they have been sponsors for a long time. I mean, probably, uh, gosh, probably 10 years or so, and... Bert and Leslie Bubella, they're both, uh, they're, they're both eye doctors. It's interesting. They must have met at uh, eye doctor school. Uh, so they are owned. <laughs> eye doctor school. Uh, husband, <laughs> husband and wife, uh, both eye, eye doctors. And, uh, sounds like, like something like a little, like toy that kids would play with, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I, I think so. It's, it's a little bit more sophisticated, I think, with the Bubellas. I'm thinking a smidge. Uh, also, University of Dallas, a longtime sponsor, and, uh, we have a great, great relationship with them. And they, uh, the two of these two sponsors uh, together, $6,800, and we are very, very far from matching it right now. Uh, $6,276 still to go. Okay, three people on the line. Uh, how many more do we need? Get that abacus out, Toya. That's uh, right. Tw- we tw- need nine. Nine, nine. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve minus... <laughs> 
<laughs> Somebody, we need to buy an abacus. You know, oh, just, we've got just, to buy an abacus. I, don't even, I, don't I agree. Even, I don't even know what they look like. Eight hundred four seven six thirty three. I'm, I'm going to look up what an abacus looks like. I have no idea what an abacus is. We talk about it every sharathon. Eight hundred four seven six three three one one. I know what a sketch, etch a sketch looks like. Eight hundred four seven six three three one one. Three people on the line. Who is the fourth caller? Uh, okay, we're about to thank somebody because we had a call that just dropped off. Uh, uh, here is. Uh, wow! Look at this. This is an amazing awesome. goal. This changes uh, a lot. Uh, this is. Uh, oh, I, I just I love this man and and his wife. Oh, beautiful people. Uh, James in Gulf Breeze, Florida, has donated. You got this, Toya. You ready? Uh, yeah, I'm. Is, I, this, I'm, this I'm a, looking at my screen, and I thought something was wrong. Uh, no, no, no. I, I think this is <laughs> something real. Something is very right. Yeah, five hundred dollars a month. That's a seraphim, isn't it? Wow, that's beyond a seraphim. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, day. that's six thousand dollars. Uh, over uh, on an annual basis, uh, that, that took a little bit of pressure off. I got to admit, because uh, now we have uh, two. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he, the, James is going to mind me saying that he went on the Danube. Uh, he, he and his wife. I'll, I'll, I'll leave her name out, but uh, went on the Danube, and we just developed such a friendship and uh, had lunch with him a couple of times since. He and his wife, and just uh, good people, and uh, clearly very, very generous. So, did we hit the goal? Wait, where's, where's my, where's my... Woo-hoo! You have got to refresh your Woo-hoo! screen. Okay. Uh, uh, wait, hold on. Let me see. Where, uh, there we go. Well, I know Sissel's uh, going to oh, take us to break, so wow, we will another. announce it oh, my. when we get back from the break, Dave. Oh, How's that? I would say. Oh, yes. my goodness. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> well, that was a, a bell-ringing donation to the max. Thank you so much. We'll let you know everything that's going on right after this. We'll be back with more of the 2022 Come Let Us Adore Him Christmas share on the Guadalupe Radio Network right after this. Please. 
Guadalupe Radio Network, Come Let Us Adore Him Christmas share Please call 1-800-476-3311 to make a pledge of support. To help keep your Catholic radio station on the air, that's 1-800-476-3311. All right, welcome back. First hour of the first day of the last <laughs> share of the year, and we are so grateful. We'll explain everything that's going on, but... We always uh, like to focus on prayer, and so let's pray. have a prayer of thanksgiving for this uh, hour so far. Lord, we thank you that... It, well, let me start again. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. I'm still discombobbled, Dave. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we join you in celebrating this hour and lifting to you in prayer each person that gave a gift to help that goal. We pray also for their needs, and we ask you to bless them with immeasurable graces for their generous support that allows your gospel message to be spread across the Guadalupe Radio Network. So praise God and praise God, Dave. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so, uh, so 
amazing, you know, that it seemed like things were not going so well and we weren't getting a lot of calls. And because they, we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> it, more, it more than seemed like that. It actually that yes, was actually the reality, it was actually wasn't it? Reality, oh, okay. Right. So yeah. uh, uh, I like to sugarcoat it a little bit. It kind of seemed that way. And, you well, know. you need you need this uh, yeah. for bad news. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't getting any calls, and then all yes. of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, James in uh, Gulf Breeze, Florida, uh, called in uh, basically a six thousand dollar donation. Then we had an anonymous donor from Plano, Texas. Uh, who also did a huge, huge amount. Let's just say it was another seraphim, okay? Because I, I know this uh, person, and um, uh, he slash she, uh, <laughs> I'll leave him very anonymous, uh, likes to remain anonymous. And so thank you, thank you very much. I hope you're still listening. We're very, very grateful. You've been more than generous over the years, uh, as has James. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, it, like, it, it literally in a, in a flash, we hit the goal and we went over it. And then we heard from Ann in Kerrville, Texas. Our first call from South Texas, $100 one time plus credit card charges from Notre Dame Parish. And she said she's able to go to Mass now daily, age 92, and she doesn't drive anymore. Oh, wow. God, God bless you, Ann. And, Good for you. You know, wouldn't you say, uh, Toya, that's one of the principal blessings of uh, something like Catholic Radio is that somebody like Ann in Kerrville, 92 years old, doesn't drive anymore, clearly desires the Mass, clearly would love to be there in person, but she gets to listen every single morning uh, on her radio uh, in her room, I presume, or the kitchen or wherever she's listening and uh and what, what a great blessing uh, she dedicates her donation to our lady of guadalupe on her feast day next month on the 12th so Anne, uh thank you so much really really grateful for that donation so that that put us over and uh toy i was listening in that last segment to you intently and you were talking about getting those 12 calls yes i uh, knew you were listening yeah, intently yeah because you always do fo- david focused. it's your nature yes <laughs> My wife has talks with me and says, honey, thank you for listening so well. You know, you just, I, I, can you stop listening so much? I mean, come on, Dave, can you just give it a break? Can you quit listening? I mean, please, you know, doesn't every wife say that to her husband? Mm-hmm. Uh, quit, quit. I'm sure. <laughs> You're just listening too intently. Come on, stop it. So, Dave, 12 callers. That's what we're going to try to get in the next 19 minutes. Uh, you know, you think about the 12 apostles and uh, such a, a great number, the 12 days of Christmas. So, 12 calls, any donation, any size, 800-476-3311, 800-476-3311. Because Dave and I, okay, Dave, I'm going to share a secret about you and I. All right. Okay. Uh, and I know you'll keep it just between us. So, okay, yeah, what's uh, all, all? That's right. You and I have several hopes for every Shareathon, and one of them is to get to a thousand callers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, uh, hours like this, when we can just ask people to call in donations of any size to help support your radio station that's local for you. Catholic radio that is in your markets and across the GRN on the and across the world on the internet. Um, gee whiz, I think I just forgot oh, what I was going to say. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think what you're saying is that we have all these hopes, and yes, uh, we have and one, so we have- this gives us an opportunity. These moments 
to get more call volume yeah. so that we can get to a thousand calls. Okay. I, I, I dwelt on that too long and lost my thought. <laughs> you, you went off on a trail and you. Yes, you, I did. And yeah, I yeah, could yeah, not yeah, find yeah. my you way back. You so dropping thank the, you, Dave. Dropping the breadcrumbs. And the, uh, That's right. 800 476 3311. 1 800 476 3311. You know, I love uh, that you talk about these hopes that we have. One of them being a thousand calls. And uh, I'll tell you, it, it's tough. I mean, uh, clearly you have to average 250 calls per day. Uh, typically, Friday is the, the biggest day. Uh, Tuesday often you know, tends to be maybe the second or third best day. Right now, we have seven calls. And to get to, you know, I don't know what 250 is divided by 12, but it's more than seven. I can assure you that. And so we've got to get uh, a lot more calls. This is a great opportunity. This is a time where you say, you know what, I, I can give $10. I, I can give $25 one time. Uh, I know there's been many times that I've just, uh, I believe in a cause, and I, I just say, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm just going to do something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them $50. I'm going to send them $100 or $25, and it means a lot. You know, it really does. So that first caller, come on through now, 800 476 3311-1-800-476-3311. And uh, let's uh, just put an exclamation mark on this hour that already has been good from a money standpoint, but now we want to get the calls. And if you're out there, just let us know that you're there. You love what you're listening to. I've got some, some new stories to tell you, uh, Toya, about. Uh, just and don't be- you have some fascinating facts, Oh, too? yeah, I, I do, yeah. in fact, yes. So in, let me give out the phone number while you get some, because you owe some 800-476-3311 no one on the line trying to get to 12 calls it's like when you call in and make a pledge support uh, a donation that it's like giving a gift of uh, faith to someone and not just to some one person but uh these this radio network reaches 25 million people so please call, make a donation, any size right now. Let's get 12 callers on the line for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. All 800-476-3311. Right. Sorry, Dave. All right. So this is going to be a happy fact, okay? Okay. Because who doesn't love rainbows? You know, I mean, don't you, when you see a, I mean, like if somebody sees a rainbow, is it ever like, oh, gosh, another one of those rainbows? I mean, is, isn't, isn't a rainbow always, I mean, seriously, it, it, like always like universally yes. loved? Yes. I and mean, have you ever seen a double rainbow, Dave? A double? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feel double that way. Okay. We have one caller. All right. For 11 more to go. 800-476-3311. 11 calls. You did that fast, Dave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Even without the abacus. Uh, okay. So this question is, where is... In the world, is it the best place to see rainbows? Where where are you? Wow. You're going to most likely see rainbows. And I'll give you a hint, okay? Okay, give me a hint. It is, it is a state within the United States. Okay. I was going to say up in the area where the Great Lakes are. Great Lakes like Michigan or Ohio yeah, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something that, like that. That's your final guess? Be well, careful. that's my only guess right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The the best... Uh, the best uh, Maybe place, along the coastline? Best place to see rainbows. Let me see if anybody is um, guessing here. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, Hawaii. 
Hawaii. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, Hawaii is the best. You know that song, uh, Somewhere? Can we sing that Over the Rainbow? You know how that one Over goes? Over the Rainbow? Yeah. I don't know how that goes, Dave. I can't <laughs> no. help you here. <laughs> okay, so Hawaii. It's not a Christmas song. No, if it had been a Christmas song, I would have helped you out. But, yeah, you know. I know the only thing I don't like about rainbows is how that word and that image has been you know, uh, taken Misused, over. Misused, but we Misused. need to claim it back. Yes, but rainbows are a gift from God. They're the sign of the covenant with Noah and uh, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. All right, so we have, uh, I'm going to dig up another one here. Lori is taking a call. 800-476-3311. 1-800-476-3311. And uh, we are uh, looking for 11 more calls. And I'll tell you, just like we got those two seraphims back to back, um, we can get 11 calls very quickly. It's so doable. And, you know, we, we know there's, I mean, 11 people. I mean, that, that times thou, a thousand, several thousand, or how many are listening right now. We just need 11 calls, any, any donation, any size. 800-476-3311. Okay, talk amongst yourselves for a second, Toy, and I'll dig up one more. All right, 800-476-3311. Call number two, 800-476-3311. You know, I got to tell you, when the phone lines light up, that's what really kind of puts the fun in the share-a-thon. Mm-hmm. 800-476-3311. <clears throat> One more time, 800-476-3311. Or you can go to grnonline.com, grnonline.com. All right, 11 more calls. Uh, oh, let me simplify it, okay? We want the second caller right now. Because yes. sometimes that's just too big. You're like, I can't be 11 calls, okay? I'm sorry. Uh, but you can be the second caller, 800-476-3311, 1-800-476-3311. Okay, so here's the, uh, the second question, Toya, and I'm just warning you, don't go with your first instinct on this one, okay? <laughs> well, whatever your first thought is... Okay. Go with number two, Don't right? Don't go there, okay? Okay. Um, what animal or creature were the Canary Islands named after? It's like an, it, like it's an animal uh, uh, that, that... I that, know. So you're telling me don't go with canary. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't. I don't know why I knew that would be your first uh, thought. I don't so either, it's Dave. Not, it's not named after birds, okay? So what are they named after? The Canary Islands. The Canary okay. Islands. Let me see if any... I'm just going to give a oh, chance for that wow. that, that uh, question to kind of... Somebody is driving around screaming the answer at their radio. Santoya. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I, my I, gosh. I, I don't think the average... I don't even think Kent Loney knows this one, okay? That that shows you how challenging it is. Oh, wow, because Kent is uh, Mr. Yeah, Trivia. Kent, Kent pretty much knows everything. Everything, 800 yes. 800-476-3311. 1-800-476-3311. Uh, this has been a matching gift hour we hit the matching gift thanks to seven callers uh hit our sixty eight hundred dollars and went beyond it uh thankfully so uh right now we're looking for 12 calls for the 12 days of christmas 800-476-3311 uh do you give up toya well yeah because i need to phone a friend okay. I, I i'm thinking okay is it a fish is it a reptile an iguana i don't know <clears throat> okay uh now think about uh now here's where your second instinct comes in right okay if you think of like the first three letters c-a-n and like canine oh does somebody guess canine it? that's oh, a oh, dog oh, okay sissel sissel got it it's a dog sissel. yeah so like a, a canine it's like if you have a canine right 
Uh, okay, so let me just read this. Really. So just one little paragraph. It might see, seem safe to assume that the Canary Islands were named after the Canary Birds, but the location was actually named for a different animal, although it's off the coast of northwestern Africa. The Archipelago is actually part of Spain. In Spanish, the area's name is called the Islas Canarias, which comes from the Latin phrase Canariae, Insulae, for island of dogs. Oh, okay. that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> totally makes no. sense. So no, not. No. <laughs> so yeah, so it's named. It's called the Island of Dogs. I mean, you got to admit, Island that, of Dogs. Got to admit, you learn. You're gonna put your. I head prefer in the, the Canary Islands. You're gonna put your head in the pillow tonight and say, "I appreciated that fascinating fact on the seven o'clock mm. hour this morning." I'm in my a, dreams, I'm a better person. Eight hundred four seven six thirty three eleven. Only one. one one eight one eight hundred four seven six thirty three eleven. All right, second caller, are you out there? I know you're thinking. You know what? You've already hit this goal. I'm going to wait till next hour. Hey, you know you certainly can do that. Uh, you know what? The the gift that we're giving to everybody and seven people have earned it so far is an interview that the Catholic Drive Time team of uh, Joe and Rudy and Adrian did with a lady named Theone Bell. She's the author of The Woman in the Trees. I've got five pages of notes from the interview, uh, which is called 15 Ways to Build a Eucharistic Home. Uh, because, you know, the, the bishops can call for Eucharistic revival, and that's great, and we can have Eucharistic revival at our parish, but most of us don't spend, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours at our parish every week. We spend time at home. And so what this interview does, and Theoni outlines it so well with the help of the CDT team, is 15 ways that you can help your kids, your family, have greater Eucharistic love and have a revival within the four walls of your home, you know, rather than the universal church, which, you know, sometimes can seem very abstract. It's right there. It's very practical. These are very practical things, and there are 15 of them. Um, well, like number one, for example, treat Christ with respect always. Uh, she said, if you see a, I've got to do this all the time because I've got a nine-year-old son that likes to fling the rosary around like a toy. And my wife and I are constantly saying, Patrick, you can't do that. You know, that's a holy item. And Theoni Bell re- re- mentions that. Pick up the rosary off the floor. Pick up prayer cards on the floor. Um, if there's a holy object in your house, treat it with holiness. Okay, this is the first one that she mentioned. Uh, anonymous in Houston. I think this may be our first Houston call. $50 one time. 14.30 a.m. listener, St. Luke's Catholic Evang- Evangelist Church. Uh, he said, God is wonderful, and that's how I feel. <laughs> that awesome? Uh, that is a great sentiment. Uh, please pray for peace in the world, for the souls in purgatory that have no one to pray for them. Anonymous mm. in Houston, thank you very much for that donation. That uh, was the first of what we were hoping would be 12 calls, but hey, it's not too late. We still have seven minutes in this hour. 1-800-476-3311, 800-476-3311, and one more time, 800-476-3311, or grnonline.com, that's the number to call. If you've been listening for a while, uh, do not grow weary of donating to Catholic Radio Goodness gracious with the craziness going on in this world today. We need Catholic Radio, an authentic voice that keeps uh, keeps the airwaves Catholic, I would say, Dave. 800-476-3311. Six minutes left. Still, you know, we got one call, so we only need 11 more. And it's possible. Dave and I have seen this many times. It's very possible. 
We want this to be a great share and that depends upon you, dear listener. 800 476 All right. 1-800-476-3311. I want to share one more of these uh, 15 ways to build a Eucharistic home. How do you have Eucharistic revival in your house? And I I know, Toya, you have mentioned a number of times uh, how impressed you are with Adrian uh, Fonseca, who is part of the CDT team. And a young man, you know, mid-20s, who just uh, is knowledgeable and excited about his faith beyond his years. And yes. if uh, I don't, you may not remember the story because I, I, I typed it up and I would not have remembered this if I hadn't typed it up. But uh, Adrian mentioned during that interview that um, Theoni said the number two, you know, way to build a Eucharistic revival in your home is to read books. And Adrian said that when, oh, he, yes. when he was a kid, he read a book about a saint. Mm-hmm. And it really stirred him. Do you remember uh, what that what saint that was that Adrian said that he wrote about? This is not a fascinating fact, by the way. This is <laughs> I'm not putting you on the spot. Uh, I, I was thinking about it was a saint that had that was connected to the Eucharist. Is that right? Yeah, it is uh, yeah. Saint John Bosco. Yes. Uh, yeah, and in the, the Adrian related the story that Saint John Bosco was dreaming one night and he in his dream he punched a kid who blasphemed the lord yes okay so he woke up and he's like oh well that was just a dream but then saint john bosco realized that his hand was injured <laughs> so he, so clear like clearly in the dream i don't know how that happened i mean it's a well, saint john bosco if you've never read his life or the dreams he had had some of the most amazing and and truly they, they call them dreams but they weren't dreams they were visions he would wake up some morning thinking that, uh, was I there? Was that a dream? That's how real in, you know, in the way that the Lord spoke to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the, the books, I mean, I know it's a lost art. I mean, I, I know with our, our little guy, Patrick, I, he's not, he doesn't enjoy books that much. And I'll say, buddy, let's go read a book. And I want to read, I'll read you about saying, no, I don't want to, dad, I don't want to, dad. <laughs> then if we actually sit down, you know, he can he do enjoys it. But, it. uh, that's the, the second thing that Theoni Bell mentions on this, uh, downloadable CD. This is what you're going to get tonight in your inbox if you, and there's a whole lot more. As well, we'll be going over and be going over a lot of these in the course of these uh, four days, uh, talking about uh, building a you know Eucharistic revival in your home. Fifteen ways uh, to do that: eight hundred four seven six three three one 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 eight hundred four seven six thirty three eleven. We're down to our last three minutes of this first hour. Now, Toya, would you say that if in fact the first hour set the tone for the rest of the hour, would you be happy with how this hour set the tone for the rest of the? Um, you know, the, what would that be? 47? Is that my right? 47 hours? A whole lot of hours, Dave. <laughs> yeah. A lot of hours between, is it, yeah, 48 hours total, right? Am I right? Yes. No, four, no, four, 12 times four. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something like that, Dave. <laughs> Quick math. Yeah. You, you need to grab that abacus, get it closer to you. 800-476-3311. 800-476-3311. Can we close out this call? This wonderful hour with a few more calls, 800-476-3311. It's like putting Jesus Christ on your Christmas list when you when you call in and make a pledge of support. Yeah, I talked to her some about, I'll mention her um, next hour because I really don't have time to go into the whole story, but I, I received a call from a lady who wanted a bumper sticker. 
And um, it was such a, a fascinating call uh, from my perspective that I asked her to come in and do an interview because I could just, you ever just talk to somebody and the spirit. You and, know uh, uh, the story's there. You, yeah, you know it's there. And all she did was ask for a bumper sticker. But in the course of a three-minute conversation of getting her address and, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll send you a bumper sticker, I, I said, and uh, her, her name is Gina, and we, we're actually going to play an interview uh, later on today with her. And she just had so much excitement and, and she wanted a bumper sticker, not, you know, because she th- thought it would look cool in her car, but she wanted everybody else to have the same, same experience of as she tells in this in the the interview she pulled up to a grocery store one time and there was this old beat up Ford uh, pickup truck and and the, she said the cleanest thing on it was the the, the Guadalupe Radio Network bumper sticker and <laughs> she said she saw that and she tuned in because of that bumper sticker and wow. uh, she and we talk about she has no idea who that person is but you know on the other side She's. She just said she's so grateful for that person because they had a bumper sticker. Now she puts it on her car because she wants to do the same thing for other people. She wants them to have the same experience of listening to Catholic Radio that she did. And she's so grateful for whoever drives that old beat-up Ford pickup truck because they had a bumper sticker on their car that led her to Catholic Radio. Thanks for a great hour. Hour number two is coming up next, 800-476-3311. We'll be back with more of the 2022 KSHJ Houston.